Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. To you. If God is here, He can give you a word. If God is here, He can heal you. If God is here, He can deposit a word in your spirit that can change your destiny and can change your life. How many are here today seeking a word like that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Tell your neighbor God has a word for you. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Hallelujah. 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 God is here. God is here. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible with you, I'm going to ask you to please go with me to the book of Genesis chapter number 17. And let's read a passage from the scriptures that I believe contains an amazing revelation. And you will use this revelation as you engage this fast. As you uh, look at this 21 days that the church has set before you and God is setting before you, I believe that you will go back to this revelation and you will go back to this chapter and you will say, God, thank you for this revelation. This is exactly what I needed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you have the word, look at number uh, chapter 17 and verse number 1. I'm only going to speak really about verse 5 and verse number 15. But because we like to take the scriptures, right? We like to uh, take the background of it. Let's write, let's start in verse number one. The word of the Lord says, When Abraham was 99 years old, say 99. 99. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God. Say Almighty. Almighty. Hallelujah. That's El Shaddai in the Hebrew. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. Now look at verse 5. Here's, here's, here it is. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Look at verse number 15. Because exactly what happened to Abraham happened to Sarah. Then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah, notice that H at the end there, shall be her name. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, God, for an amazing opportunity this morning to be in your house. Thank you, God, for your spirit. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you, God, because even as praise and worship happened, Lord, there was a river, a river of life flowing from this altar, God. And anyone that jumps in it, God, can be made well. Anyone that jumps in it, 
that God can be made whole. Lord, we praise you today. Lord, speak to us as you know how to do through your Holy Spirit. And Father, we will give you the praise. We will give you the worship this morning, God, in the name of Jesus, your Son. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice that verse 1 tells us clearly that Abraham was 99 years old. When you do the math for his wife, Sarai was actually 90 years old. And God had promised a son to Abram. God had said, I will visit you. I will come to you. And you will have a son. If you look at Genesis 12, 4, depending how you put that verse in his life, it may have been maybe 24 years that God had already spoken and given a word to this man. And God had said, I will make you a great nation. You will be the father of a multitude. Genesis 15, 4 clearly says that God had promised a son to Abram. When this chapter opens, I want you to notice something. The man of the promise was 99 years old. <laughs> uh, the woman of promise was 90 years old. And at this point in their life, all they had was unfulfilled promises. In other words, they had a promise, but the years had passed, the years had passed, years had passed. And when this chapter opens, yes, they had a promise, but they had no fulfillment whatsoever. They had promises of a son of Sarai, but nothing, literally nothing. 24 years had passed at a minimum. 18:11 notice what it says it says now Abram and Sarah were old well advanced in years and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing other versions actually put it this way Sarah no longer had a period just like you heard it why do I want to put it that way because I want you to notice that this was a physical impossibility <laughs> there was an impossibility here when you would look at Abraham's body how could I tell you this he uh, he could not even lift up a rock if you know my pun when you look at Sarai she wouldn't even have a period there was not a, not an egg in her womb uh, to be fecundated there was no possibility for this to happen but I want you to notice something in this particular moment there is something important that happened because in this year number 99 Abram's 99th year, God does something spectacular that changes their lives forever. I want you to notice for a background that God reveals himself. Before I tell you, let me give you the background. God reveals himself in this chapter in verse number one as El Shaddai, the God omnipotent. The almighty God. Why? Because in the midst of an impossibility, God is speaking his word over it, saying it is okay. You may have an impossibility. You may be in a way, in a season in which things seem to have no answer. Sometimes you're in a cul-de-sac. Sometimes you're at the end of a journey or a road and there seems to be no way. But I want to tell you today that God is revealing himself to you as God. God El Shaddai, the God that can do everything. Now, I want you to notice something. If God reveals himself as Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, is because he wants to heal. 
What good is it if he says, I am your healer, but he doesn't heal you? When God says to you, I am Jehovah Nisi, it's because he wants to defend you. When he says to you, I am Jehovah Sidkanu, it's because he wants to forgive you because he is your righteousness. When God reveals himself as Jehovah Shalom, it's because he wants to give you peace, he wants to give you rest. Otherwise, why are you revealing yourself in such a manner, God? But in this chapter, God is revealing himself as God El Shaddai. Why? Because he wanted to bring his power into the conversation. He wanted to come into a dead natural realm and bring his power, hallelujah, his dunamis into the situation to change it. So God revealed himself as El Shaddai because he wanted to do something spectacular. Now look at verse number five. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Look at verse number five. God changes Abram's name. And he says, you shall no longer be Abram, but your name shall now be Abraham. And I want you to notice something. The only difference between Abram and Abraham is a little H. Now, maybe you say there is an added A, brother, but you got to remember that in the Hebrew, there are no vowels. It's all consonants. So if you look at this name before and after, the only difference was a little H. Then look at verse 15. God comes in and he says, Abraham, by the way, Sarai, your, your wife, I'm going to change her name as well. And God takes that little I at the end, which is not there in the Hebrew, and he adds a little H, and from Sarai, she becomes Sarah. So I want you to notice something. Both of these men had a little H introduced to their name. Maybe you say, brother, what does that mean? Why did God do that? I am so happy that you would ask me that question because I'm going to reveal it to you right now. You see, in the Hebrew, the age has the meaning of breath. The age has the meaning of spirit. And what God was saying to Abraham and to Sarai in that moment is, I understand that your body cannot. I understand that Sarai has no period. I understand that in the natural world or realm, nothing can be done. But don't leave me out of the equation because I can breathe on you. Don't leave me out of the equation because my spirit can change things. Don't leave me out of the equation because I am God El Shaddai that can come in and infuse my life into your situation and change it forever. God looks at them and he says, I know you're 99. I know Sarah is 90, but I will cause a visitation of my breath upon you. You see, until now, they had unfulfilled promises. But when God comes in and he says, I'm going to blow on you. I'm going to give you my breath. I'm going to put my spirit into your promise. I want you to know that in one single year, there was a little boy in the family named Isaac. Hallelujah. And they went at 99 for, from unfulfilled promises to 100. <laughs> promises galore. <laughs> promises fulfilled. Why? Because God gave them a little age. May I tell you today, brothers and sisters, I don't know how you came today.
Maybe this year 22 started and you're not putting your best foot forward. Maybe you wake out of your bed and it's not your right foot, it's your left or whatever they say, but things are not going well. But let me tell you, no matter how your situation is today, you serve a God that is El Shaddai. You serve a God that is omnipotent. You serve a God that just spoke, hallelujah, and the world came into existence. And if I'm going to be honest with you, I got to remind you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, hallelujah. We need to return to the life of the spirit. We need to return to a life that is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. I don't know if you're listening to me, but let me tell you, God is in this place. Why do I tell you that we need to return to a life of the Spirit? Why? Because there is a positive correlation between leaving the life of the Spirit and having victories. Sometimes in our churches and in our lives today, we try to put the Spirit on the side because we know better. (laughs) You see, we try to put the Spirit on the side because our own plan we have our own strategies we have our own talent our charisma sometimes we lean on technology to accomplish things in the body of Christ but let me tell you we can never put aside the indispensable advancement of the Holy Spirit only he can bring life in every situation people today go to conventions go to camps You know what they're looking for? They're looking for formulas. Buy my book, Seven Secrets to a Powerful Life. (laughs) They go to camp and they want to know what's the secret? What's the revelation? What's that thing that I haven't heard yet? Let me tell you, look for secrets and revelation because they're good. Let me summarize it all in one thing. It is by the Spirit of God. It is by the Spirit of God. It is by the Spirit of God. And when you seek the Spirit of God, you got the greatest secret that you can ever have. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I believe God is talking to you. Come on, come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. As a church, you're going to start 21 days of fast. And that is amazing. Why do we need to fast? We need to fast. Why? Because fasting breaks the cycle. Breaks. Fasting not only calls our attention unto God, but I believe fasting also calls God's attention unto us. And when we're fasting, when we're saying we're going to separate from these pleasures God deserved and all those things that are good sometimes, let me tell you, something in heaven happens. It is as if God stops and says, wait a minute, someone wants me. And I believe that as you engage these amazing days of seeking God, you need to be reminded. You need to be reminded that it is by the Holy Spirit. You need to seek that divine breath of the Spirit. So when you put it all together, give me one thing, Pastor. Maybe you say, give me one thing. What is it going to be about? It has to be about the Holy Spirit. It has to be about the Holy Spirit. Let me give you three reasons that I, this morning, you need to concentrate on the Holy Spirit as you fast and pray. Why do we need to concentrate on the Holy Spirit? Why do we need this divine breath as we look into this 21 days of fasting? Well, 
First of all, the first reason that I want to put in your spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. Now, in English, we say the word Holy Spirit, and that is correct because he's holy and it is a spirit. But you need to understand that in the Hebrew, it's actually the word Ruach HaKodesh, or the breath that comes from the holy. <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit is the breath that flows out of the holy. It is the spirit that proceeds from the Father. Hallelujah. And that spirit is, of course, holy. For since God is holy, his spirit must be holy. So when we say Holy Spirit, you need to understand you're seeking God's very own breath. And when you seek the Holy Spirit in prayer, you're actually seeking that spirit that gave life to every living being. Hallelujah. The song says, when he speaks, <laughs> 10,000 million creatures find your breath. Why? Because that breath is life. Hallelujah. Secondly, Adam in the garden had an amazing experience. The Bible says that God bent over and he drew on the ground what seemed to be like a man but that man was dead and the Bible says that God actually breathed life into that drawing <laughs> and man came to be a living being why do I tell you this because God is the only one that has the breath to make you alive no one and nowhere will you find the life that God can give you. So when you look at this 21 days of fasting, do it with boldness. Hallelujah. Do it with joy because you're actually going to the source of life. Yes. And it is an amazing that when we breathe, we breathe in oxygen, but we let go of carbon dioxide. And when you look at carbon dioxide, that is actually death. If you keep breathing in carbon dioxide, you will actually die. But look at God. Look how powerful God is. The Bible says that he breathed into that man. <laughs> and when he breathed into him, it wasn't carbon dioxide. It was actually the breath of life. Yes. So my question to you is, how powerful must God be that even his exhaling brings life? If his exhaling brings life, <laughs> how much more is he life? You see, come on, this is the breath of the Almighty. And you know what? That breath that he breathed into Abraham is actually in you. You see, in Aramaic, the word for God is Allah. Say with me, Allah. Allah is a compound word. Allah is Allah. Allah is the generic name for God. But that ha at the end is actually the age of Abraham because it means breath. So when you say the name God in Aramaic, you're actually saying the breath of God because you cannot separate God from the breath that flows out of him. You cannot separate God from the fact that he's a breathing organism of life. And you know what? When you're running, those of you that run, Pastor Nestor, Pastor Manolo, they're out there doing the marathon. They know after the first mile, you may be good. But after the second, 
You know what that is? You know what that is? You're actually saying God's name. Allah. Allah. You see, every living being, if they are alive, whether they believe in God or not, they're actually saying his name by the fact that they are breathing. Hallelujah. That's why I tell you today, let me tell you, seek that breath. Hallelujah. And life will come unto you. Amen. There are certain statistics that I saw. Now this become, belong to the assemblies of God. And I know that as a movement, you're the four square movement, but it's all the same before God. But let me give you the statistics of my assemblies of God. And let me, let me see how you feel. Listen to this. Nationwide in 2020, we lost 48 churches. In 2019, we lost 31 churches. Small churches that are considered less than 200 are not growing. Third statistic, in 2020, 29% responded zero conversions. That's 29% of over 14,000 churches reported zero conversions. In 2019, 22% reported zero conversions. In 2019, 72% of churches identified themselves as stagnant or declining. In 2020, this figure was 80%. The average number of parishioners was 68 in 2019, but went down to 60 in 2020. The number of ministers under 40 years of age declined by 10%. Now I know when you look at that, you may say COVID. You may say whatever you want to say. But let me tell you, I don't see COVID in here. Do you know why? Let me tell you why. Because when you have people filled with the Holy Spirit, when you have pastors and leadership filled with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what happens. The church does not go down. The church actually increases. Why? Because God is a God of growth. Hallelujah. God is a God of power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And in the same way, if you look at your life today, and maybe you see a life that is not vibrant, a life that is not full of passion for God, for praying, for getting into the Word, for memorizing the Scriptures, I'm going to tell you today, check the Spirit. Check the Spirit. Check the Spirit. You may need to look to the speedometer, speedometer of your life. Hallelujah. Maybe your spiritometer is a little low, and you need to get back to your Holy Spirit. Let me give you a second reason. As to why I believe you should consider hard going after the Spirit in these 21 days of fasting. The second reason why we need to concentrate on the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is the life of God. Now when I say that, I don't say that from God's standpoint. God does not need his Spirit to be alive. It's actually from our standpoint that I say that. You need God's Spirit to be alive. Ezekiel 37 says that God brought the prophet to a valley full of dry bones. And the word of the Lord says, son of man, will these bones live? And the prophet said, God, I don't know. If they live or not, I, I'm not sure. I haven't prayed. And God says, well, let me tell you something. Speak 
speak to the bones. And the Bible says that the prophet spoke to the bones. Notice what happened. Every bone aligned with itself. And over the bones came tendons. Over the tendons came flesh. And over the flesh came skin. And now over that vast valley there were people. But there were people that were dead. If God would have asked the prophet, what do you see? The prophet would have said, I see dead people. You know, God said, will they live? And the prophet again says, I'm not sure, God. I, I don't know how to answer you. But then God says, well, speak to the spirit. And the Bible says that a man of God prophesied to the spirit. And they became living organisms by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why do I say that to you? Because through the Holy Spirit, those that are dead can still come to life. By the Holy Spirit, the valleys that are dead and devoid of life, they can come to life because God is and the life that can bring them to life. The Holy Spirit is the life of God. Today you need to seek the breath of the Almighty. Today the dead can be brought to life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, you don't need a vaccination. You need an injection from heaven. If you're going to get a vaccination, get it. If it's in your will to do that. And if it's not, don't do it. But there is one vaccination you cannot afford not to get. And that's the vaccination that comes from heaven. The injection of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you tell me. Maybe you tell me today. You know what? How do we do this? You know, it's hard coming to church these days. People don't want to come. Let me give you the answer. Get on fire. You see, people will say, they don't want to come to church. They're afraid they got COVID. Get on fire. Why do I say that? Why? Because when people get set on fire, those who are cold come to the fire. You see, if you're at the beach and it's really cold, but you have the wisdom to light up a bonfire, guess what will happen? Those that are on the outskirts, that are a little bit cold, they will come to the fire. God, why? Because it just got warm. It just got hot. In the same way, you need the Holy Spirit. You need to get set on fire. Hallelujah. You need to return to your passion for God. You need to return to reading the scriptures like there is no tomorrow. You need to come to this altar and say, God, here's my life. I can't live without you. Hallelujah. Let me start concluding because time is fatal in this church. Hallelujah. Third reason that I believe you need the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit brings the victories of God. Say this with me. The Holy Spirit brings the victories of God. Let me take you quickly to the book of Esther. Don't go there. Let me paraphrase it for you. There are five main characters in this book. The first one is King Xerxes. And when I look at King Xerxes, I almost see God in him. 
Now, I'm not saying that Xerxes is God. I wouldn't say that. But what I'm saying is that I see God in this character. Why? Because when the book opens, notice what happens. The Bible says that he actually gave an edict throughout all his empire for people to come to a great celebration. And he actually set the rules of the banquet. He said, everyone can drink whatever they want. Everyone can have whatever they want. And in that amazing banquet and celebration, the king wanted to do something amazing. Let me tell you, in the same way, I believe that God is speaking to the nations and he's saying, come unto me, come unto me. I want to have a great party of sorts, a great, a great celebration. Anyone can drink as much as they want. Anyone can drink as much as they want to be filled by. In the middle of that celebration, he talks to his wife, Vashti, and he says, show my beauty to the nations. Show the beauties of the kingdom. And she actually said, no. And they told the king, she doesn't come because she has her own celebration. You see, when I sing Vashti, when I see this woman, I see the false church. Why? Because when the spirit wants to touch the earth, when there's a great and mighty spiritual awakening from God, there is a Vashti church that cannot give forth the beauty of the Lord. There is a Vashti church on earth that does not seek God. They may have a great steeple to the earth, to the, to the, to the heavens, but their spirit inside is void. Let me tell you, when the king wants to bless the nations, he cannot flow through a Vashti church. But then they say, send an edict and find yourself the best, most amazing, looking, beautiful bride out there. And he likes that particular offering. And then, you know the story. The Bible says that Esther is chosen and in this Esther, I see the true church. Why? Because there is a church that is ready to come before the king and always be accepted by him. But now the question is this. Why would Esther be ready to be accepted by the king? You see, the Bible says that he had an uncle named Mordecai. And Mordecai took care of Esther when she was little. And Mordecai taught Esther how to live. Mordecai taught Esther how to be, how, how, how to uh, walk, how to be educated. And you see, in Mordecai, I see the Holy Spirit. Why? Because a church that has walked with the Holy Spirit is always accepted before the king. A church that has walked with the Holy Spirit can always be accepted before the king. Now you say, what does that have to do with the victories of God? Well, let me give you the fifth and final main character of the story, and his name was Haman. The Bible says that Haman did not like Mordecai. He did not like Esther or her people. And when I look at Haman, I see Satan himself despising the church, despising the people of God, but also despising the work of Mordecai or the work of the Holy Spirit. And you see, he had a plan. He was going to kill Mordecai. But that same night, the Bible says the king could not go to sleep. And in the night, he went 
wants to promote this man that actually had discovered a plot against himself. And the Bible says, let me ask. And in that moment, Haman comes in and the king says, there is a man that I want to bless. There is a man that I want to honor. There is a man that I want to put up on high. What shall I do? Haman thinking that it was himself. He says, oh king, put him in your horse. Dress him the best that you can. And your highest official should go through all the parks proclaiming, this is the man that the king has chosen to honor and bless. And the king says, beautiful idea. Let's take that man named Mordecai. Hallelujah. Put him in on my horse. Dress him with my royal robe. And since you are the highest official in my court, I want you to go through the parks proclaiming, this is the man that God, the king, wants to honor and bless. Why do I tell you that? I tell you that because the Holy Spirit always brings us the victories of God. You see, at the end of the story, the devil cannot beat the church. At the end of the story, the devil will always fall before the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me conclude by saying this. Hebrews 11.11 11 says that Sarah received power to conceive. Now you got to understand she was old. No period. She didn't have the capability to be pregnant, yet the Bible says that she received power to conceive. My question to you is, what did she take? Did she drink a Red Bull? Did she take an aspirin? Did she actually take steroids? <laughs> did she take a mandrake shake? No, let me tell you what she took. She took an H. She took an H from God. And God said, Sarai, your name shall be Sarah. Because I am going to blow into your womb. I am going to put my spirit into your womb. And that in the natural, that cannot happen. I'm actually going to change. And you will see my power and my glory. Today, as you start this 21 days of fast, you need to remember, God, give me an H. You got to tell the Lord, God, change my name. Give me an H. You see, when you were little, you had this little game, right? Give me an A. A. Give me a B. B. At the end, what does it say? Abraham, Christ, whatever. You see, you need to come to God and say, God, Give me an age. Come on now. And God is going to say, age. And he's going to blow on you. The power of his spirit is going to be present in your life. And what today seems to have no possible answer by the breath of the Holy Spirit and the breath of God, it can change. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart 
and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.